Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So tonight, Monday, September 26, 2016, we experienced the first presidential debate of the general election phase of the 2016 presidential campaign. And it was a doozy. Hillary Rodham Clinton and Donald Trump flailed away at each other, insulted each other, tried to deal with policy completely blew away Lester Holt, who was attempting to moderate the whole thing. It was quite an extravaganza. So let me give you seven or eight points of my analysis of this debate, uh, ranging from policy to personal to uh, media coaching, all the things that interest me about the debate. First of all, was the importance of this debate. We've gotten used to uh, these presidential debates, especially in the primary phase, not being all that uh, viewed or all that important. Uh, And they weren't. Uh, More people would watch uh, popular TV shows than watch these presidential debates, especially on the Republican side where you had so many candidates and uh, you had rather dull personalities involved. But uh, surveys have shown that in this primary, I'm sorry, in this general election phase, one in five people, one in one in five possible voters uh, may decide their vote based on one of these three debates that are going to be happening uh, between Clinton and Trump. So that makes it important. The other thing is the sheer size of the audience. While we've seen audiences hovering uh, even in the high teens, 20 million, which is very low for some of these primary phase debates uh, tonight, though we don't have the final numbers in yet, the audience is expected to be over a hundred million people. Now, um, that's largely, of course, adults, which is a huge percentage of adults. It's about one third of the entire U.S. population, ranging up to about a fourth. But given that uh, it that hundred million is largely comprised of voters, it makes it even more significant than just the number uh, at all. And also, there are only three debates. That may sound uh, like a lot to those of us who are burned out on debates, but the fact of the matter is that these three each carry a great deal of weight. So this is actually one of the most important. Uh, general election debates between two nominees of their parties uh, in American history, just by virtue of sheer size, by virtue of the fact that they are very tight right now in, in the polls, by virtue of the uh, the fact that there are only going to be three of them, and by virtue of the fact that one in five voters will decide their vote, most likely, based on one of these or all of these debates. Pretty amazing. So, uh, what did I see tonight? What what did I what came to my mind? What did I notice as a media coach and also as a man who advises about politics? Well, first of all, uh, you have two very distinct styles. Uh, Hillary Clinton is the classic policy wonk, very up on the stats, very up on policy, very up on recent debate. She's got the language down. Uh, she really talks the DC insider language, and she is very coached. 
Uh, I can tell as someone who coaches people myself that she waits in the tall grass for certain moments as she's been told to do, coached to do. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with it. Being coached is smart. Uh, But she waits in the tall grass and at certain moments, she brings out certain phrases. Uh, Tonight, for example, she there came a moment where Trump had gone on a rant. Now, we all knew Trump was going to go on a rant when this all began, and we knew this debate was coming. And so she kind of shuddered and laughed and like, oh, gosh, uh, we had to endure that. Man, I'm glad that's over. Well, that's something that she's coached to do. Again, this is smart. It was effective. Um, she had some that were less effective. When he made some comment about her having stayed home to prepare, uh, she said, yeah, I did prepare for this debate, and I also prepared for the presidency. Donald, indicating, of course, that he's not prepared. He's never served a day in office. He's never held a public role, etc. And of course, she has had, you know, what, eight years in the White House and uh, years in the Senate, years as Secretary of State. She's one of the most prepared politicians in terms of sheer experience uh, in American politics today. So a very, very uh, coached, uh, very tightly wound, very policy oriented, uh, very statistics and facts oriented presentation from Hillary Clinton. Now, Donald Trump, on the other hand, won't be coached. His advisors uh, don't get anywhere with him, just like they didn't uh, They didn't have much influence on Melania's speech at the convention, which became such an embarrassment. It was all a result of a resistance to advisors, a resistance to experts. He simply won't be coached. So he, fl- he shoots from the hip. He uh, practices very little. Uh, there's a lot of emotion. There are a lot of allegations. There's a lot of interruption. Um, he simply won't be coached. Now, I have to tell you that appeals to a lot of people. Uh, obviously, he's, he's neck and neck with her in the polls. And the reason it appeals to people, to people is that Americans, uh, the, all the surveys show, are tired of the overly scripted, dull politician, the person who's not saying all he or she thinks, uh, the person who is uh, giving you know coded little language, little phrases and sentences, things they've practiced in the mirror, uh, overcoached kind of approach. People are reacting to that. So Trump is the angry, shoot from the hip, vomit on stage guy. And, and Hillary is tightly wound, tightly scripted, tightly prepared. So that's the main difference. And, and I think what's important for us to ponder for a moment is that a president has just hundreds of advisors around them. And if Hillary obviously would listen to her advisors and take a lot of input, she'll make the final decision. Um, Donald Trump, if he won't listen to advisors and coaches when it comes to some of the most important speeches of his life, uh, will he do that? Uh, when he's in the White House. It's a it's a question I don't quite have an answer to. I'm not sure there's a direct parallel, but a man who won't be advised is a man who's questionable uh, in terms of how wise his um, his decisions will be in the White House. Uh, the, the, my second point, it's very, is an obvious one, uh, but it's a real mystery to me. Um, Hillary Clinton is clearly making this election a referendum on Trump. Uh, she knows that she's not trusted. She knows she made a huge mistake uh, with the emails and the server in her home. She said as much tonight. Uh, she knows that while she has experience, a lot of that experience uh, indicates negative to American voters. Uh, so she's making the election a referendum on him. And he is her biggest ally in this. He won't calm down. He won't uh, get in a groove. He won't appear presidential. Uh, some of the, his antics tonight on stage were like the, those of a high school debate. 
debate with huffing and puffing and no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, repeated interruptions. Um, it's It does appeal to a certain angry, dissident group of American voters, and obviously it appeals to enough of them to make him uh, popular at this point, but it is is not a good long-term strategy, Uh, particularly when I discuss uh, some of the other points and observations I have. You'll see that that he's he's helping her make this a referendum on him, and it's a strategy that could work if he doesn't calm down and Quite frankly, if he hasn't calmed down by now, he's not likely to. Uh, That mystifies me. I'm really surprised by that. Donald Trump is not a stupid man. He's got smart people around him. Why would he help her so much? Tonight, it was obvious. But my next point is also a real stunner to me, and that is the number of falsehoods. I mean, this debate was only 90 minutes long or so. So uh, is it not possible for these two people to, to go 90 minutes uh, when they only have half the time, by the way, which means, what, 45 minutes of, of talking max uh, when you consider commercials or you consider the time Lester Holt, the moderator, was talking. It's, it's probably 30 minutes or less. And both of them made stunning factual errors. And to be fair and honest, Donald Trump made a whole list of factual errors, um, down to issues of Supreme Court rulings and so on that he insisted upon. Um, Hillary Clinton made some factual mistakes. She said one real stunner that I recognized as a student of history right off the bat. Um, I'm sure there were others I didn't catch, but the one I caught was when she said that NATO was the uh, oldest, the longest military alliance in history. Well, immediate, the historians and pundits uh, came out with facts about military alliances that have lasted for centuries. So she may have been trying to uh, sound a little bit commander in chiefish. Uh, she failed at that. Uh, it wasn't Lester Holt who was fact-checking during the debate and was asked to, by the way, uh, did not catch that. It's kind of an esoteric thing. But d- the list of Donald Trump's false statements is just stunning. And um, I don't mind saying that uh, if you just simply lay out platform next to platform, I think everybody listening to this podcast knows that I lean more to the Republican side. But I'm, I cannot vote for a man who simply doesn't tell the truth. Uh, it's stunning. You're going to see articles in the next few days, uh, fact-checking Trump. Uh, I've saw, I saw an article tonight that had more than 20 uh, misstatements. Again, we're talking in about a 30-minute uh, time of speaking, uh, 30 minutes of actually speaking on the air, and he made uh, a misstatement at a rate of about one every minute and 30 seconds. I mean, I'm not looking for this. I'm not trying to hammer him. Uh, I'm just looking at the results afterwards and it's absolutely stunning. So they both made false statements, which is disappointing. Uh, she made to the best of my knowledge at this point on Monday night, two or three, uh, he's made somewhere in the, in the several dozen. And it's, it's a, amazing. The, the rule of politics is if you're not sure, don't say anything. And Trump just can't help himself, and it doesn't portend well for this election for him, and it doesn't pretend well should he get into the White House. Um, another interesting trend, uh, while I certainly want to hear policy, I certainly want to hear details, is normally at this stage in general elections, 
Candidates give inspiration and vision. They talk about what's possible. Remember Ronald Reagan. It's morning again in America. Uh, Good things can happen. City upon a hill. Uh, Restore America, so to speak. Now, I know uh, Trump's got the uh, slogan of make America great again, but there was very little of that tonight. They beat each other up. Uh, they talked about uh, the hell of the of the inner cities and things like that in dire terms. Um, they talked about you know guns and and uh, the mess that Washington is in. They blamed each other's party, but there was not vision. There was not inspiration. And if there's if the polls show anything, it is that uh, the American people are hoping for some leadership, which they interpret as someone giving me inspiration, someone giving me hope, uh, someone giving me vision for what's possible. Show me what's possible and tell me how you're going to accomplish it. That's what American people are asking for. And this became a bit too much of a mud fight uh, with very little practical solutions. I'm not too surprised by that, but also very little big picture uh, inspiration. And the American people are crying out for that. I think it's a function of both of them. She's a policy wonk and he's a brawler. And neither of those types provide the kind of inspiration, the kind of uh, vision that Americans are hoping for. Um, I have to say, as I, as I come to my final point or two, that you know, literally, literally, uh, this debate was between someone that Americans, a vast majority of Americans say is dishonest, and another person whom a large number of Americans wonder uh, if he's sane. Now, I want you to think about that. For the first time in American history, we have two people running for office uh, whom the majority of Americans do not trust. Majority of Americans do not trust Trump. Majority of Americans do not trust Hillary. But a, a, a huge and growing number of Americans are wondering if Donald Trump is sane. This is what we have running in this election. And I, I, as I've said in an earlier podcast, I urge us all to seriously think about what this says about our country and where the American people are. The best case that Donald Trump pressed tonight, and he did it very well, was when he had a chance to say, she is indeed very experienced, and it's bad experience. This is the best case against her, other than the basic honesty case, other than the issue that she's crooked or she's a liar or whatever, however it needs to be said or however he chooses to say it. Um, basically, for him to say she has experience and it's all bad takes all those years that she has on him in experience in American politics and makes it a negative lesson. It's a smart move, and many Americans consider it to be true. And he finally got it said. Her best case, uh, which she fluffed, by the way, she blew it tonight when she she was waiting to say this line, and she sort of blew it. Uh, He made some statement about how she had gone home to prepare for the debate, and she said, yes, I have prepared for the debate, and I've also prepared for the presidency. And that's a good case for her to make. She didn't say it well, but essentially, again, Donald Trump, no experience, lots of questionable ethics, lots of questionable judgment. But she has, if you if you see it as positive experience, what you know, approximately eight years in the White House, approximately six years in the Senate, approximately six years as Secretary of State, uh, and lots of other political experience beside. Plus, she's a Yale-educated lawyer. Um, so she's got far more education, far more training, far more experience than Donald Trump does. She needs to bring that out, of course, if she's going to win. And she tried to do it. She It was another coached line, prepared line. She was waiting to say it. She just, just didn't 
say it well or clearly, or maybe even at the right time. But her best case is, I'm well prepared. I'm here. And by the way, I'm sane and he's not. And his best case is, yeah, she's been in the game and she's been part of the problem, but it's all bad experience. And uh, look what she's helped create with this Obama administration. Those are their best arguments. And I'll have to say on that alone, Trump did better than her. Now, overall in this debate, I would say that nobody really moved the bar. I doubt very many people were convinced. I doubt voters were one to either side. Uh, I would say that you're going to find the polls to be approximately what they were um, when we went into this debate, I expect that most major media will give the debate by a few inches to Clinton because she was more practiced. She was more concise. She had her, she was clothed and in her right mind. <laughs> she was, uh, not saying crazy things. She'll have fewer false statements. Uh, and Donald was Donald, uh, a lot of misstatements, a lot of huffing and puffing, a lot of emotion, Uh, and not a lot of fact. So regardless of how you feel about either one of these candidates, uh, this is what this debate showed tonight. Again, I expect that while major media will give it to Hillary Clinton, it will only be by a point or two. And the fact is nobody really moved the the bar. So we'll have to see what happens in future debates. They will become more emotional. They will become more intense. They will become more heated because these two are statistically in a dead heat and no one expected that we would be at that point right now in American history. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.